All right, guys, welcome back to another Whiskey Brothers podcast. Gregory, how are you, mate? Always well. Sean, how are you? Yeah, brilliant. I'm absolutely brilliant, mate. I'm drinking whiskey on a Wednesday. And um, after last Two. Weeks, last fortnight, was it? Or however long ago I was podcast, um, there was a lot of conjecture around the amount of whiskey that I consume in a week. Uh, when you say a lot of conjecture. Yeah. You mean? I had three separate people comment on it. Mm-hmm. So everyone who listened commented it. That's a hundred percent strike rate. Of no, that's not true. That's yeah. not true. Everyone who listens to it that I personally know, mm. not everyone either. No, just a lot of people comment. Just a high percentage of the people I know who listen to it commented. Um, look straight yeah. up. It's just there's there's a there's an epidemic out there of alcohol consumption that I'm not necessarily part of. But that doesn't mean that I don't enjoy um, whiskey as much as everyone else. It just mm. means I don't drink as much as everyone else. For example, Greg, you won't find a lover of pizza more than me. I'd say I'd like pizza more than the average man. I really enjoy pizza. Mm. Probably eat it once a fortnight. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You don't do pizza podcasts, though, do you, as far as I'm aware? No, no, but I'm also drinking whiskey more than once a fortnight. I'm just trying to put out the comparison there that you don't have to be knowledgeable, enjoy, be enthusiastic about something and be an alcoholic. You can be both. You can be both. No, it's fine. Well, the people have generally spoken, so I don't have to speak on their behalf. Two things. Can you just confirm? We're on Zoom, so I can see you. Confirm that you are drinking whiskey. I'd like some sort of clarity there if I can. Yes, that is a dark... It's too dark to be apple juice. So I can confirm that's a whiskey. Happy with that. Number two, uh, one of our strong uh, first-time comments, a long-time listener actually referred to you as a, and I'd like your just initial on-the-spot reaction. He called you it on Saturday, but just for, for public record, your response to the, you're more of a breezer brother than a whiskey brother in terms of Bacardi breezers. And your response to that is... I don't even understand what that means. I don't know what that is. Bacardi Breezer. Oh, I know what a Bacardi Breezer is. I don't know what context he's, he's throwing out there. Oh, just because you weren't drinking enough whiskey. Look, we can move on. The people have spoken. Everyone who's listened to it has commented. And it is what it is. I can confirm you're drinking whiskey. What's in the glass tonight? It's a Michter's. It's a Michter's um, small batch bourbon. Perfect. Lovely. Yeah, it's delicious. It is delicious. If I've you like the, uh, I've got my first purchase from the the single malt whiskey club S two thousand and five. I've got the the maker's mark actually bourbon cask Tasman whiskey single malt, a lovely forty seven percent and a healthy seven hundred mils, which is um, always inviting. Yep. Um, Ironhouse Distillery. It's it's an interesting one. It's an apps. Yeah, it's an interesting one. I don't. It's, it's opened up a little bit with a little, little pat cash, but um, you mentioned, I know you tried it the other night, a bit of fresh grass. It's a bit of, bit of lemon fresh for me. Um, I'm hopeful that it opens up a little bit more. And it's just right now, it's just not where my palate's at, but um, it's definitely different. It's always good to have something different in the cabinet. So this is serving that purpose for me at the moment. Very fresh, very... Um, very, a little bit fruity, but very, very fresh, which is, uh, which is different to a few of the other ones I've got. Yeah. Yep. Uh, I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty good. But yeah, look, it was, truthfully, we had that whiskey after about six beers 
and after about two or three other tastings mm. uh, of whiskey. So uh, maybe it wasn't the ideal scenario to taste whiskey, but I thought it was enjoyable. But yeah, mm. probably not my favorite, but yeah, good enough to, uh, to slam it down fast. Um, now, question. we are here today talking about whiskey myths. Mythbusters, we're on. Yeah, Mythbusters. We are the Mythbusters. Mm. Uh, so we've just got a few probably, when you say myths, I think we're talking about things that maybe people just generally think about whiskey that maybe are new to whiskey or, you know, haven't done any research on it or probably, you know, I probably research whiskey more than I actually drink it as, as you're well aware. Mm -hmm. um, so let's get into the first one, Greg. What's the, uh, I know you've got the list there. So let's, let's bring up one and let's discuss it. Yeah, well, again, as you said, not necessarily huge myths, but it's just often things that uh, our order, often audience that we're, we're catering to, um, comments on from what we've heard. So first up, we've got, there is a right and there's a wrong way to drink whiskey. So there's two distinct categories there. There's a right and a wrong way. You're on. Go. Um, yeah, obviously that, that is... I'd say that's incorrect. Okay. Um, I'd say there's more preferable ways to drink whiskey, but ultimately, and we've spoken about it before, uh, drinking, I mean, <laughs> living, for example, is just is what you want it to be. Drinking whiskey should be what you want it to be. So some people like to enjoy it neat. Some people like to enjoy it with a few drops of water, maybe a little bit more water, maybe some ice, maybe some ice rocks, maybe with a bit of a mixer. You know, I feel like different whiskeys, you know, lend themselves to different ways of drinking. Uh, for example, um, just a throwback to my early 20s. And to be honest, every now and then I like to dabble as well currently. Uh, the old-fashioned Jim Beam White Label. Mm. Excellent mixer with Coke. Stay classy, San Diego. <laughs> Very good. Ron Burgundy has enjoyed that. Yeah, good. Excellent, excellent with Coke. Now, would I mix... Um, one of my favorite single malts with Coke, uh, definitely not. Mm. But it doesn't mean you can't, it just means if you do, you probably should be shot on site. Mm -hmm. um, so I think there's definitely, you know, there's different ways to drink it. I don't think there's a right or a wrong way. Uh, I feel like, you know, I feel passionately about this like I do with coffee in that I think that if you're drinking coffee, you should have a black. Um, you shouldn't put milk and you shouldn't put sugar in it. You should actually taste and enjoy the coffee. And that's why I like to drink my whiskey neat and every now and then i'll put some water in to see how it opens up uh but in general i'll have it you know room temperature and neat that's how i like to drink it uh but i don't think that if you want to add ice into it that that, that matters at all i think it's like i said it's, it's how you prefer to drink it what do you think look i won't i won't uh i won't go for as long i just two words horses for um and it pretty much sums up what you said i think just horses for courses mate um there's some whiskies that belong, in my opinion, with mixers. Um, there's some that I think are fantastic in a cocktail, but they're very versatile. Straight away, I'm thinking Eagle Rare. I love an Eagle Rare with an old, as an old-fashioned, um, and I love it as, a, as, as it is, neat. Um, but I think there are certainly ways that you should consume some compared to others so is there a right or wrong i think the very simple answer is no i don't think there is a right and a wrong um there's just different preferences 
it does frust it does frustrate me that still to this day, um, and I'm borderline going to say it's wrong, but it's um, I'll, I'll stay frustrated when people get a really great, fantastic, punchy, flavorful, mouth coating single malt um, that they've paid a fair bit of money for, and have it with a huge cube of ice. And I only say that because of the the basic science behind the reaction that happens with anything cold. So they wouldn't do that with red wine. It's very rare. I can't can't actually think off the top of my head last time I've seen someone put a big cube of ice in red wine purely for the same sort of principles for the flavour. And I think when you get to a certain level of whiskey, it should be treated with similar respect. And I'm very much um, partial to opening up with water, um, but not chilled, not and certainly not ice. So um, short answer. No, there's no right or wrong. Definitely horses for courses. But do I do I frown upon uh, the big cubes of ice for a, a really flavourful single malt? Yes, I do. Absolutely. Well, look, I'm glad you didn't take as long with me, though. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no. Right, let's move on. That's good. I think that's good. Interesting one. Older or more expensive whiskey mm-hmm. is better. Full stop. Yeah. That's a statement. That's your well, statement. You know, again, again, it's it, the problem with these um, definitive sort of sentences that people like to make, these statements that are, is that everyone just has their own personal preference. And mm-hmm. so, in my experience with drinking older and more uh, expensive whiskey, which is not extensive, but I've had it, I have a, I've had my fair share. Yeah, dabble. I've dabbled. Um, in, in my experience, it generally is a little bit nicer. Generally, uh, that doesn't mean it is. That doesn't mean it's a hard and fast rule. Uh, it just means that the ones that I've had, I've bloody enjoyed. Hmm. Um, so I'd say my experience. I think you know the older, the more expensive. They tend to have had a little bit more time in the barrel. They tend to have had a little bit more care. Um, yeah, I don't know. I just, I think, I think in general, I think gen, if you want to just generalize it, I think it will taste better in general. But that doesn't mean it's a hard and fast rule and that you can get some younger. I'll, I'll clarify the question and we'll try and get a yes or no from both of us, even with our spills. It is, the myth is older or more expensive whiskey is better. Mm-hmm. Not taste better, not anything else. It's just better. Well, I only uh, interpret better in whiskey as tasting better because I don't. That's the only thing that matters. So, uh, how it tastes, and I would say if I have to say yes or no to that, I'd say yes. But there are definitely exceptions to that rule. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Right, tossing up. You know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna say older or more expensive whiskey is better. I'm going to say no. Um, because that's just you're allowed to be wrong. You're allowed to be wrong. I'm trying to get a black or white statement uh, answer, and there's a lot to it. I don't think it necessarily is, and I think I've been very fortunate to have some exceptionally expensive, rare, old whiskey, um, and it's bloody delicious. Some of it, um, some of it, I haven't enjoyed as much. I think that's all part of, um you need to appreciate if you have someone who's never had whiskey before and you, you start them with a 50 year old Glenn Farkless, 
um, yeah, probably would be in some ways wasted on them because where do they go to from that? Um, it's harder to potentially go down than it is to go up. But what I mean by better, like, again, we've spoken before, for me, whiskey's about the experience and taste is definitely a huge part of that experience. But I really, I can always turn to, you know, some whiskeys that um, remind me of certain things and situations. And I just think they're not always better. I reckon some distilleries have a certain point of which is there, um, which is outstanding. Um, so older, some of the ones are no age statements that I've had um, have been just brilliant. Even recently trying to Talisker eight-year-old, which I think was maybe their 2019 just like edition, just out of this world. And I, I find that definitely better um, than their 10-year-old expression. And it's a very simple, basic example. And I know you were generally, you're saying it is. I, I just, for a black and white, I don't think it is. I think it's, um, I think it's definitely, again, just it varies from too many situations. So as a blanket rule, it's not, it's not better. Yeah, I'd say definitely some are, but not not overall. No. Yeah, it's interesting because I I just think you're wrong, and I think <laughs> you think you're wrong. There's no there's no way if you picked your top ten bottles to drink, full stop, mm. and you could drink any any bottle on planet Earth, top ten. Mm. That that cheaper, younger whiskies are making up the majority of that list. They're just not. I don't think they are. Yeah, I didn't say that. But see, this Tasman whiskey I've got here, which is $170, whatever it was, $180. I think it's a Dan's now, $200. Uh, would you enjoy that more than you would a Teeling small batch, do you think? Well, no, I, like I said, there's exceptions to the rule, and I think part of that is just the, uh, the overall topic of Australian whiskey, which is generally more expensive anyway for a number mm. of different reasons, uh, mm. which is why for that particular thing I'd go more to you know, the, the older whiskey would, would mm. probably taste better. Not always. Not always. There's some fantastic Australian whiskeys. Um, yeah, look, it's, it's an interesting one. I also think that a part of it's like where you're at with your journey with whiskey. When you're first getting into it, the reality is you're not going to invest, you know, unless, unless you're at a certain level of your life. Most people getting into whiskey aren't going to invest hundreds and hundreds of dollars into a bottle of whiskey when they're just trying it. So they're going to, you know, they're going to taste and enjoy and find whiskies they can enjoy that's at a fairly affordable price point. But then as they get more into it, they're probably more willing to invest a little bit more money into something. Mm. Um, something a bit more, you know, where a bit more love potentially is put into it. Um, yeah, it's an interesting topic. And, and there's, there's twos and fros. I, I think I put it down to just as a, like, as a yes or no. The, the, the answer is there is no yes or no. But if I have to pick one, I'd say the overall the answer is yes. But mm. there are many, many exceptions to that rule. Well, that's right. And I think you've been a bit, bit critical, a bit harsh in saying that my answer is incorrect because I definitely didn't say that cheaper and less expensive whiskey is better. So I think we've both agreed that there's exceptions to both rules. Yeah, we've both, we've both agreed that I'm right. Yep, let's move on. Older or more expensive whiskey is better? No. In general, yes. Do not... The, I clarified the question twice for you, the myth. You had two cracks at it. You've rambled. I made a crystaller. Older or more expensive whiskey is better. The answer to that is not yes. The answer to that isn't younger or cheap whiskey is better. Incorrect. The both answers are no. That's the beauty of the myth. It catches people with as much gusto and confidence 
and kahunas as yourself to put themselves right out there and being correct. So the answer is no on both counts and because there's too much to it. There's no simple answer for that. In general, yes. Let's move on. Mm-hmm. In general. The age on the bottle, try and listen to this one. The age on the bottle mm-hmm. is the age of all the liquid. <laughs> really good one, I reckon, for, uh, for young whiskey drinkers. This is a classic. Yeah. This is a classic. And it's a classic because we've got a friend that had a 20... 23-year-old. 23-year-old. Glenn Devron, no doubt. <laughs> The Glen Dev, and um, I think he had it for over 10 years. Uh, and we always used to banter and joke about it that it was 33, 43 years old. Uh, no, once it comes, the aging process um, of the liquid ends when it comes out of the barrel. So if it comes out at 12 years old, uh, that liquid is always 12 years old. Correct. And well, whilst we bantered and joked, he was he held stead firm and fast in his opinion that he had 33-year-old whiskey. Yeah. Uh, but it's definitely not the age of all the liquid either. It's the youngest in there. Yeah. So it might be 10-year-old, and that's there. there is definitely um, 10-year-old liquid in there. But there may well be 11, 12, 15, 18-year-old, depending, depending on how they're balancing out the flavor profile. So yeah. it's a minimum of that age. Yeah. Correct. Yep. That good, 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 uh, clear up. I was going to bring and that's, up. And that's not easy. That's not, I, it took me a while actually to learn that one, that if I had an 18 year old, like, Oh my, this is wow. 18 years old. And then I, well, after more reading and discussion, I'm like, you know what? That's the youngest that we might have some 20, 25s in here. Mm-hmm. Um, right. and that's a, yeah, it's definitely something and in general. And in general, you'd say that 18 year old would be better than the six year old. wouldn't you? Mm, It's not better. No, it depends <laughs> on the whiskey as we previously discussed. Yeah. And you're trying to fire you out of the way of the corner, but the towel's already in, so talk to your trainer. Next one. Um, and this one, I actually, this is, a many, again, an interesting one because it happened, I think people throw this at, at me a little bit um, when it comes to gifts or, and what have you. Whiskey enthusiasts, I'd say we're enthusiasts. We're definitely not connoisseurs, um, but we're enthusiastic towards our approach to whiskey. Enthusiasts. Um, only the whiskey enthusiasts only enjoy expensive whiskey. That I can say is false. Is incorrect. In your opinion, yeah, <laughs> I can I can categorically say <laughs> without a shadow of a doubt that, that is incorrect. And as much as I'd love to argue with you, I can't. Yeah, no. Um, no, well, yeah, I guess I guess where I was going with my, my lead up to that question was people say, oh, I was going to get you a whiskey, but I mean, what do you, what could I get you? And it's like, just the whiskey, mate. Heaps and, stuff. Uh, just, just, just whiskey. There's lots of, you know, there's $40 bottles I like. There's whatever. There's, you know, 50, 60. Uh, and I actually got caught out with um, James Bunton, if you remember, turning up um, to do a podcast with him. And I took a bottle of red. And I said, well, what, what, I said, what whiskey do you bring a whiskey connoisseur? And he goes, well, you don't bring wine, you just, you still bring whiskey. Yeah. No, I think, I think, look, enjoyment for anyone who's enthusiastic about whiskey um, is not about the, the price tag. It's about, it's about what you enjoy. And the reality is that, you know, like you said a while ago, and I remember James Button saying this as well. 
is that whiskey is sort of like music in that when you drink it, it can bring back memories. It can bring back moments in time when you first tasted that whiskey. And mm. you know, if, if you enjoy like a 12 year old Balvenie um, double wood, you're never, you're not going to stop enjoying that. The longer you start drinking whiskey, you're always going to go back to that whiskey and enjoy drinking that whiskey. So I feel like there's, um, yeah, that's incorrect. That's incorrect. No doubt in general, the more expensive, the better it's going to be in general. But um, without a doubt, a whiskey enthusiast does not only exclusively enjoy expensive whiskey. Absolutely not. No, big time. And I think anyone who might feel intimidated or, you know, a bit worried if they're buying a bottle of whiskey as a gift or something for someone who is in, oh, they say, oh, they're really into their whiskey. Like, oh, how much do I have to spend? I don't think you have to spend that much. I think you just work out some basic... If you've had any any jams in them before, you know they enjoy peat or they enjoy sherry, then um, you stick to some basic profiles that you know they like and you just get a, a good, honest whiskey uh, to your budget. And I don't think that's ever going to be scoffed at. Healing single malt, if anyone's purchasing. Mm, mm. If they're out and about, Jamison Black Barrel is probably my favourite at about the $70 mark. So don't be discouraged, fans out there. Um, Last one from me, unless you've got any curveballs, which you never know. Uh, you could have you up your sleeve, even though they are quite tight. Um, peat and smoke are the same thing. Yeah. I don't like peated whiskey. I smoke they're the same thing. What do you mean? There's no difference. They're the same. Now, look, I'm not um, the person that's going to talk about this. You are. Mm. But I will say that I know that they're different. Mm because I've had some very peaty whiskies and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. Mm. Dump all over me if I'm wrong. Mm. But um, on, I'll be white on rice. Go. Yeah, white on rice. Um, Lafroy, mm -hmm. very peaty whiskey. Very peaty whiskey. And I find something like an Ardbeg would be more smoky. Um, is that right? Uh, I think a bit different, but that's fine. Yeah, it's, it's what you it's what you think. Yeah, the peat 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 is is more um, sea and salt and briny sort of a flavour, and I find the smoke is bushfire or smoke <laughs> like actual smoke. Um, yeah. they're very distinct differences. And if you put two side by side and you have this is a really peated whiskey, this is a really smoky whiskey, um, you're definitely going to be able to tell the difference. So I know they're different. I don't really know why they're different. Um, but I know they are different. Mm, well, it purely comes down to the um, the type of peat that's used, I guess, which is just sort of dry, like big big bricks of mud, just compact um, compact earth, really soil. Um, just like anything, it's like discerning the difference between any flavors. Um, it's just done quite simply, simply with nose, palate, finish. So uh, whilst they're often very often used interchangeably the two the two terms smoke as you said like i don't know anyone who can't tell um if, if a whiskey's smoky um but again often they'll just assume that it's smoky without really and when it might just be a little bit more peaty so peaty is it's going to give you more smells like sort of topsoil uh maybe the bottom of your lawnmower so that really sort of moist grass um potting mix sort of stuff um Whereas again, smoke, smoky is going to be, it's just going to sound like, you know, something's on fire. It's just wood burning, campfire, um, anything like that. That's um, on the nose. That's the sort of thing you're going to get. Um, on the palate, again, differences. 
pretty, I guess, uh, pretty similar, but smoky's like real, it just tastes like you're having, I guess, if you've had a cigarette before, it's real ashy or that charcoal sort of flavour, um, whereas the, the peat comes across quite differently for me. So that's like really, um, oh, it's like probably more like licorice or earthy um sort of like a maybe je jelly beans again it can depend on where where it is and whereabouts in the world it's from so um james again has mentioned he finds some of the peated whiskey in australia he, he gets some real subtle eucalyptus notes to it so bearing in mind that peat is purely you know compacted organic matter um that's you know that's gone down it just gets harder and harder and more compact more compact after 50,000 years, obviously, we, we lob into a diamond. But uh, before that process, it's just any organic matter. So the closer you are to the sea, you can get more salty, more briny, pretty oily. Um, but really, you're going to taste a lot of sea spray um, and sort of fish. But um, smoke's very, very clear, very upfront. Um, quite discerning, in my opinion, that it's dry, it's charcoal. But I think on the finish is where you probably get um, the biggest the biggest difference so you'd normally get for a finish on a, a peat on this one you're more talking about it's like um, just real it's quite a it's like a more moisture in the finish whereas smoke is very dry it's like you've literally had a cigarette or you've had some charcoal uh, your mouth goes can go um, quite dry whereas peat it's just that moisture that earthy that topsoil um, organic flavor and a bit more sort of iodine um, sort of medicinal notes so they are different it's it's not necessarily easy to pick up a lot of people just put their you know just take their beak straight away the old factory doesn't fancy it um, as soon as they get a whiff of it but they, they don't really stop and if you go back and you slowly approach it um, you do start noticing some subtle variations uh, between between peat and smoke so talisker is really good Example, I think of just that salty, briny, oily, um, very marine sort of style. It's just lovely. Um, whereas, yeah, your Hardberg, your Lefroig's quite punchy and aggressive with the smoke um, in some of their expressions for sure. But there, there's definitely a difference. And it's worth, for some people who are sort of dabbling a bit um, with getting into sort of peated whiskies um, or smoky whiskies, it's... Um, I definitely, I think the more approachable ones would be the peatier ones. Not the smoky ones can be, can be quite. Well, the smokier flavour profiles are a lot harder to um, to get the palate around. I think um, you're talking your your like your optimals and things like that. The you know, two twenty, two thirty plus you know, ppm, which is exceptionally aggressive. But that's uh, that's a smoke fest. Yeah, yeah, it's um. It's interesting that they're, they're different, but they definitely taste different when you um when you go side by side. I feel like you just have to, yeah, there's a bit more times you've had the opportunity to taste them. You start to pick up the differences. It's uh, yeah, it's certainly something I'm getting better at, or not better. I'm getting more fond of drinking peated whiskey. Mm. Um, still probably not enjoying too much smoke. In the whiskey but um yeah interesting it's interesting it's it's such a oh whiskey 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 it's just there's so many different you know 
expressions and so many different flavor profiles. It's, it's pretty crazy mm. that this one liquid can taste so different um, from bottle to bottle. Uh, mm. That's why we love it. That's why we love it, mate. Mm. Well, the, again, like the, the peated stuff, I think if you can start with a distiller's edition, like a Talisker distiller's edition, that's very, very welcoming because it's, fin- it's a sherry cast finish, which people are often fond of and start with um those fruitier profiles but you get a little taste for it and you start discerning differences um and it's quite a it's quite a good place to start something with a peated whiskey with a, a, a quite a, a strong finish whether it be a wine a sweet wine or a or a sherry sort of finish yeah i enjoy the butter hub and 12 is a, i feel like a really nice one to get into mm-hmm. if you're just testing the waters with peat it's a just a fantastic whiskey uh very slightly peated even Highland Park, I feel like it's not too full on. Like it's there, but it's not. not good too. example. Good example of peat. I think Highland Park. Yeah. So it's, like it's a knock at the door. It's not a. I've broken it down. I've knocked it over. Yeah. Yeah. And if there's not. Yeah. So that's our that's our myths. Mm. Uh, if there's more out there, guys, uh, one we'll just really super quickly touch on. Just a yes no. Yes, no, followed by no more than 35 words, we'll say. Yes, no, followed by 35 words or less. Uh, Single malt whiskey is better than blended whiskey. Greg. Uh, So it's obviously what I think, or we're talking facts. Oh, there are no facts. There are no hard, fast facts. Uh, Well, yeah, I I prefer single malt. So I think... Single malt whiskey um, is more enjoyable to me than blended malts. Yeah. I will go with uh, same answers I had earlier, which was nay, nay, is yes in general. Mm. Uh, I haven't had heaps of blended whiskeys. A lot of the Irish whiskeys I've had have been blended and mm. they're fantastic. Mm-hmm. Um, for example, just a straight down the line, everyone's had it or you know, most people have had it somewhere in some sort of celebration would be like a Johnny Walker blue. Now it, do I think it's worth $200? Probably not, but is it a nice whiskey? Absolutely. It's nice. And it's better than a whole heap of single malt I've had. Um, so I feel like there's levels. I feel like there's levels. Um, in general, I, I prefer single malt, but I also don't enjoy some people who are very snobbish around the kind of whiskey they drink. And I only drink single malt. I just don't like that attitude. I feel like everyone should be trying everything and just, you know, if you just, if you have your blinkers on and only want to drink single malt, I feel like you're going to miss out on some other whiskeys that are, are pretty good. Um, yeah, Hibiki 12. For example, one of our, our best, our, our favorites, our favorite whiskeys of all time is a Hibiki 12 blender whiskey. So yeah, I, don't, I don't, whilst I don't have blinkers on, I definitely don't buy a lot of blends. And I think that's something that I can probably open up to perhaps a little bit more. All right, mate. I think that's enough for us today. Look, guys, if you have any myths that you need busting, um, drop us a message and we'll, uh, we'll happily play Mythbuster. Um, as you can tell, we don't always agree, but we always agree that I'm right in the end, which is the most important thing. Um, yeah, you agreed on that. People understood that loud and clear. Yeah, they certainly did. Uh, mm-hmm. Thanks for tuning in, guys. Um, we'll be back with another podcast soon. GC, take care of yourself. Well done. Enjoyed that. Cheers. All right. Chat soon. Bye-bye.